Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Well, good morning everybody. Good morning to everyone watching online. It's such a good morning to be in the house of God and we're in the middle of a really cool series, Ship Shape. And um, I'm talking about relationships this morning. Who's sitting next to their wife? Who's sitting next to their husband, their boyfriend? Who's sitting next to an ex? (laughs) No one does that, but I've actually seen that happen before. But anyway, um, this morning, I'm not giving a seminar on how to have perfect relationships because, (laughs) look at me, I don't know, I got no idea. Um, But I I do, however, want to talk about two keys that I identify uh, in healthy relationships or unhealthy relationships. So, Get ready. Uh, we've actually installed seat belts to your, to your chair, so you just strap yourselves in because it's going to, might get a bit challenging, but also I'm believing that we're all going to feel so free, so light at the end of this message because, man, I believe that God wants to set some people free from hard hearts and really instill some healthy relationship values. Who's excited about that? Man, I feel so good about this morning. Hey, but before that... Um, we're in such a good, healthy church that we have, we demonstrate power, we demonstrate like testimonies like Alana, we have, we have these spaces like this where we worship, we have testimonies, we, we demonstrate the power of God, but also we're a church that likes to get practical as well. And I love that. So just before I get into it, can we just give it up for our incredible lead pastors, Pastor Josh and Pastor Bell, we love you so much. Um, we love you guys. And this morning, I, I really felt uh, a specific word for um, us as a church and having a relationship with the church. So I'm talking about uh, relationships with co-workers, with your boss, with your parents, with your grandparents, with the in-laws. I'm, t- I'm going to talk about some relationships like that. But the first one that a lot of us can kind of skip is our relationship with the church. Uh, not relationship with Jesus, because Jesus is separate from the church, but our relationship with the church. And I just want to bring up my first scripture from Romans 12, 1 to 2, that we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. Um, Pastor Mark shared on it at the start, and Pastor Josh shared on it as well. But it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. I'm very dyslexic, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, but then down somewhere, it says, you'll be changed from the inside out, fixing your attention to God. After you fix your attention to God, you'll be changed on the inside out. But then in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And one of the things that I was thinking about with this relationship message is, what do I want to get out of hearing a practical message? What what does us as a church want to get out of a practical message? Well, I got the word impartation. I want to have an impartation when I hear something that outlays the way I should live. Who's with me? We want to have something imparted into our lives. But then if we read these scriptures here, we can talk about how much we want to change. We can lift our hands up about how much we want to change. We can cry about how much we want to change. But it's actually not about talking about it. It's accessing the power of God. And this morning, I don't just want to be talking about some things that we should do. I want to talk about things that Jesus actually wants to give us some tools to have healthy relationships in our life. So I've got this sentence here that I believe uh, is for a couple people here. And it's this, don't just leave this place inspired, which is so weird because church, I want it to be an inspiring place. I want people to be inspired every single week that they come into this place. 
But I actually believe that inspiration will not change your situation. You've actually got to apply the things that you're getting inspired about. Here's a sentence. Get ready to write this down. Inspiration without implication leads to zero impartation. Some of us are here and we say, hey, I want an impartation from Jesus. And we get inspired. But then when we have an opportunity to show grace to someone, we kind of just forget about it. Or we sing about some worship songs about how uh, incredible it is to, to be patient. And, the, and I, don't, I don't know what, what the song is that you're getting inspired about. But then if we are in traffic, how much patience are we displaying sometimes? You know what I'm saying? Inspiration without implication leads to zero impartation. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, I want an impartation into my relationships, please don't just leave inspired. Take something, apply some things into your life because our first relationship that we can miss is our relationship with church. We can come here, be inspired, but not actually change anything. So this morning, I wanted to make a decision to not leave this place just inspired. I want to apply some things into my life that will have healthy benefits to my relationships. Who's with me? I'm going to pray for that and then we're going to get into the word. Lord, I thank you for how inspiring you were when you walked this earth. You're the most inspiring figure in history. And Lord, I thank you so much that we don't just serve you because you're inspiring, but Lord, we we serve you to be like you. So God, this morning, I pray over our relationships, Lord, that we don't just get inspired to change or inspired to grow or inspired to have healthy relationships, but Lord, I pray that we actually have the courage to walk this stuff out in our day today. In Jesus' name, and everyone say, amen. Amen. Who's with me? Who, Who believes that? Um, I'm going to get into it. Uh, I have an incredibly beautiful fiance, Holly. Very beautiful. And one of these things that I realized being a boyfriend is that girls get their hair did. They don't, they don't get their hair done. They get their hair did. They get it colored. They do all this stuff. Who, who here has had your, your hair did before? Some, some women in the place, some guys in the place. I know Tim Baldwin had his hair did. It looks amazing. Hallelujah. Um, sorry, I don't know what it is. I've pointed out your hair like 13 times this morning. Um, anyway, so Holly was getting her hair done, and I thought, oh, yeah, heck, yeah, five minutes done. Uh, pour, some, pour some color on, and it will be done. That's actually not uh, how it works. It took like four hours the first time, I believe. Maybe four and a half, and maybe even five. But literally, like for me, I don't know if there's any guys in the place that can relate with that, um, but it's like, well, why does it take so long? Um, but it actually took a very, very long time. Uh, so what I decided to do is I decided to not just wait there. Um, I decided to go like check out Adelaide, have a little ponder around. And I love homeware stores. Who loves homeware stores? I know some people are looking at me like judging me a bit here. I love them. I love pots. I love cement pots. I love rugs. Uh, what are the inside plants? Man, I love that stuff. Who's got some inside plants? Who's had them alive for more than a year? Be honest. No. Who's had them alive for more than two years? What the heck? So yeah, I love, I love fake plants as well. They're amazing. I love fake plants. And I'm, I'm so into homeware stores that I look on the like Adelaide page. There's this Adelaide page on Facebook where it just talks about the best homeware stores. Yeah, this is real. I'm like <laughs> getting out all my uh, secret sin here. And I, I'm like so into this stuff. 
So I found out this um, really, really nice place in Unley. I had a look. I went in there, and I love tea towels. That's my... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm really just being honest with you guys here. I love a nice-looking tea towel. And the, so <laughs> I wasn't going to go into detail, but I feel like everyone's looking at me like, what is... I'm not listening to anything he's saying. People are leaving. It's like... Um, I love the tea towels that have one side is that, that stripes and the other side is like a bit rough. You know those ones? And, and I also love the tea towels that come in like a bundle pack. It's, it's exciting. It's like, what are you going to get? And then you... <laughs> anyway, so I, I love tea towels. And there's, there's a store in... I'm so sorry. There's a store in Unley that um, sell really nice tea towels. So I went in there and I bought some tea towels. <laughs> but then something happened. Uh, I was at the, the checkout thing, got my tea towels, about to walk out. And I saw outside there was an Uber with all of its doors open. And I'm like, this is like interesting because it's raining. So I'm walking out and then I realized that there's actually a cyclist zooming down in the bike lane. And he was going to hit this Uber with all of its doors open. And I'm looking at this thing like, because I didn't want to walk out in the rain. I'm watching this thing happen, and this cyclist. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm a good guy. Um, I was I was watching this happen, and I'm like, man, someone should do something about this. And this guy in his lycra is like doing, going crazy. Uh, the, the, he wasn't really looking up. He was like looking at his handlebars for some reason. And I'm thinking this is going to be hilarious. Um, so he was, he was zooming down, and, and I'm like, nah, this isn't going to happen. They're going to close the doors. It's going to be fine. Or he's going to look up and avoid it. Um, well, what happened is he went flying into those doors like I've never seen before. They're, like, it was the loudest noise I've ever heard. Um, I think one of the back doors was actually, like, the other way. It was nuts. Like, the window shattered. There was blood. There was a lot of swearing. Uh, it was full on. It was hectic, right? And um, after leaving there, I, like, wiped the tears from my eyes from, from laughing so much. Um, I'm just kidding. Like, I literally helped. Don't worry. I did help. Um, after, like, leaving that situation, I thought, oh, man, I could have, like, done something to help that, uh, but I didn't. And I was, like, I was so close to saying something, telling the Uber driver, hey, pull your, like, doors in, yelling out to the cyclist. I didn't do any of that stuff. But anyway... There was another time um, when we were at church here. We were setting up for a youth event, and there was a bunch of other youth ministries coming together. Um, the Youth Alive National Director was here. Everything was, like, crazy. It was full on. And we were setting up for this really cool youth event, right? And we are getting ready, and then I noticed that one of the singers had their shirt not only inside out but the wrong way, and, like, just... <laughs> It was uncomfortable to look at. You know, if someone's got like a little something on their face that like shouldn't be there, like a bit of fluff or a bit of snot on their nose, and you just you're having a conversation with them, it's like <laughs> I guess you really want to say something, but you can't. Like, who's with me? Um, anyway, so we I watched them practice. We we're in prayer time, and because we pray like a thousand times before youth, because we love Jesus, and we were praying. We we're in this circle, and I'm noticing no one's saying anything to this poor guy. Like, I really just need. A, like, pull him aside and be like, hey, man, like, <laughs> you look ridiculous. Like, your, your shirt is not only inside, but the tag is, like, f flapping your chin. Like, how? 
how are you not noticing that your shirt is ridiculously, like there's a mirror right here and, and he was like standing here and the mirror's right here. Like I can see myself. So I'm thinking, bro, what's going on, man? Like what's happening with, is this a new look that I'm not aware of? I know the ripped jeans thing was a thing. Is this like, should I be on this wave? I'm a youth pastor. I need to be relevant. What's happening? Um, and he's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, whoops, thanks for telling me. He went into the toilets, got changed, and I just saved someone's life. Um, so that's, <laughs> so I'm saying that to make you guys go, oh, he's not a, a bad guy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the reason why I'm saying this is because we all have opportunities to address things or to avoid things. And what I believe in relationships is that the more that you avoid things, the more damage is going to happen in your relationship. Like the cyclists hoovering down that street that one faithful night, I literally had an opportunity to address a possible collision that was going to happen, but I didn't do it because it was going to be awkward. And I didn't want to yell in my favorite tea towel store. I didn't want to make a scene. I didn't want to, I didn't want to overstep anything. And I saw damage happen that I could have actually helped. I could have actually stepped in. And what I believe with our relationships is I believe this. Uh, I believe that we need to address certain things and not just avoid things. And, and here's a sentence that I feel for um, maybe you're here and you've got some relationships that you're feeling like you need to address some things, but you don't want to overstep anything. It's this sentence here. Your relationship will unravel if your thoughts go untold. I'm going to say that again. Your relationships will unravel if your thoughts go untold. And in Matthew 18, verse 15, it says, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you've won them over. You know, maybe you're in this room this morning and, and you're saying, I really have some unraveling with my relationships around me at work or uh, with my partner, with, with my girlfriend, with my boyfriend, with, with an ex. Hey, somebody, I've got some like issues going on and it's, it's unraveling. And there's been a thought that I've been believing, but I'm not actually getting it out of my heart. I don't actually have what's in me to address the issues. Well, can I encourage you not to avoid stepping over a line, but actually address some things to, to cause some resolution to occur. Uh, please don't allow your relationships to unravel. Um, maybe your heart is hard to someone because you find it hard to talk to them. Um, but then I was thinking about this and I'm like, man, the amount of times that, like relationships are a massive part of our life. Hey, and the amount of times that there's been a misinterpreted sentence, uh, a misinterpreted text, someone did this, someone did that. What tends to happen is we tend to create this big story in our heads like, oh my gosh, this person, I can't believe they did this, I can't believe they did that. But how much damage could actually be avoided if we stopped avoiding the issues? What if you need to have a hard conversation instead of having a hard heart towards someone? My second point is this, I would rather have a hard conversation than a hard heart. I would rather have a hard conversation than a hard heart. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about with our relationship message this morning is I was asking a couple of my friends, I was asking a couple of people in my life for the past couple of weeks, what, what do you want in some of the trickiest relationships in your life? And they're like, I just want them to evolve. I just want them to grow. I just want them to evolve. I want them to be bigger. I want them to, to be healthier. I want them to do this. Well, um, I actually believe that your relationships will never evolve unless you're willing to resolve. 
if we are following after the example of Jesus, he is literally such an incredible resolution um, person to follow because he doesn't leave things unresolved. And I believe that if we're following after the example of Jesus, we shouldn't leave things unresolved either. Hey, maybe you're carrying some stuff into this room and you're saying, I've got some things that are unresolved. I'm getting a bit of a hard heart. Well, can I encourage you to not let those things fester, but actually resolve some of those things that are in your life? Hey, I know this is a bit of a hard word, but we're getting there. Your relationships will never evolve if you are not willing to resolve. And I was thinking about this, and I'm looking in the Bible, and I'm looking for examples of Jesus that he had every right to have a hard heart towards somebody. And then when they were struggling with an issue, he just went, all right, see, I'm off to the next town. You know, Jesus actually never did that. Uh, And I was looking at this, and I'm looking for a specific example of someone in the Bible. But then I'm looking at Saul, I'm looking at King David, I'm looking at Peter, I'm looking at all these people that stuffed up so bad that hurt Jesus, but he didn't actually allow his hurt to make his heart hard. Jesus actually resolved some things. and He didn't just leave them. And, and I was thinking about this. I'm looking and I'm like, I can't find a specific instance where I can just pull it apart. But there are so many people in the Bible that Jesus didn't just run away from, but he stayed super close to them even when they hurt Jesus. And I'm looking at these people and I'm thinking, heck, even me, even you, whole of human creation. What Jesus has is he's got every single right to not resolve things with us. He's got every single right to have a hard heart towards us, but he doesn't. And that's Jesus. He has a resolution heart. He wants to see things resolved. He doesn't want to see them to go down the toilet. He doesn't want to see them get hard. He doesn't want to see them get coarse and distant. But Jesus actually wants to bring people together closer to the heart of God. And that's the God that we follow. We serve a good God. We serve a gracious God. We don't serve a hard, distant God, but we serve a God that wants to resolve. Isn't that good news? That's amazing news. So my first point, third point, <laughs> my, my first point actually <laughs> of determining a healthy relationship is you cannot hide a hard heart in a healthy relationship. You just can't do it. You can't hide a hard heart in a healthy relationship. Now, I've got a little illustration here to show you what I mean. Who here has been to the cameo here in Murray Bridge? It's amazing. Who here has had their first kiss in a cameo in Murray Bridge? Oh, Marilyn, that's amazing. (laughs) Amazing. I wish I I had the guts to do that on our first date, but I just couldn't do it. Um, The cameo is romantic, though. So if you haven't been kissed yet, go to the cameo. That's That's actually my first point. Um. Anyway, so I was like 14, I think, maybe 13. That doesn't matter. Um, but I was, I was quite young, and me and my friends, the gang, pulled up to Cameo because we wanted to watch something like Super Gangster, like Cars 2 or something. I don't know. It was some hardcore uh, cartoon movie. And we got there 40 minutes early. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if we all did that for church? Just like, whoa, let's do this. Um, but we got there 40 minutes early because, uh, as I mentioned, I can't read very well, so I thought the time was different. Anyway. It's not my fault. I'm deferring blame. But we get there. We buy our tickets. Then we looked at the snacks. And we're like, man, Skittles should not be $430. Like, what's going on? Um, so then we, we left and we went to, who remembers Ghetto Coles, Old Coles? Hey. Hallelujah. Um, it's just right across the road from the cameo. And we're like, you know what? I actually really don't want to pay like $16,000 for these snacks. I want to go over to Coles, get what I want. And... Um, we ended up getting our stuff, and we still had time to spare, 
So what one of my friends did is he's like, you know what snack I would really love to have watching cars? It would be prawn crackers from Wong's, whatever it is. What is it called? Wong's Happy Gathering. Um, who knows that they are the best prawn crackers in Murray Bridge? Just saying. Didn't get much of a reaction for that one, but I guarantee they're amazing. If that place is still open, it's amazing. Um, so one of my friends is like, yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea. That's a great cinema snack. Why don't you grab some prawn crackers and we'll stuff them in our jackets? So what I did here is I've, I've got a little illustration to show you what we looked like. Okay, so imagine there's three of us boys, us gangsters watching Cars 2, and we wanted to smuggle these things in, and this is legitimately what, what we looked like. And then what we did is, as you can tell, it's not uh, the most discreet. So what we tried to do, and I wasn't going to do this, but I just thought I have to show you uh, how I think. Okay, this isn't working, boys. Boys, this is not working. With the prawn crackers, right? <laughs> so, and, and don't worry, like, we also brought in, like, the other snacks as well, but we didn't have enough room to put the prawn crackers in because they make those bags massive. Um, they make them ridiculously large. So we, we've got our stuff in, and we, don't worry, we've got our prawn crackers, don't worry, that's the main thing. Um, but I don't know if you know this, but prawn crackers have a smell, Uh, they have a sound as well. <laughs> so we're walking in, and it looks kind of like, it doesn't look that bad. Like, you can't really tell. Uh, but then, like, what, what I noticed is, like, we just sounded uh, like we were just running over just chips, like, in a car. We were just, like, like every time we walk, man, there's going to be a pain to clean. And we're trying to, like, get past the lady, and we're just like, hey, hey, hey. And, man, we thought we were doing an unbelievable job. We're, like, laughing, like, oh, boys, boys, boys. She, she doesn't even know. Um, yeah, she knew. Yeah, she knew we had some snacks. And one of the things that happened that night was we actually weren't allowed in. <laughs> uh, because our prawn crackers were getting so smushed that they were like falling on the ground. Yeah. So one of the things that I noticed when trying to smuggle that in is it was noticeable. As much as we felt like it wasn't noticeable, it was noticeable. People could smell it. They could see it. They could hear it. What if you're trying to smuggle a hard heart into your relationship that you think you can actually get away with it? Like, oh, 
These people aren't going to know that I'm a bit bitter. These people aren't going to know that I've got unforgiveness. These people have no idea that I've got a hard heart right now. No, no, no. People can tell. It's actually noticeable. Having a hard heart has a bit of a scent. It's got a bit of a sound. It, it looks a bit different. Having a hard heart cannot go in to a healthy relationship. Can I encourage you that if you're here and you've got unresolved tension in your life, you've got some unforgiveness, you've got bitterness in your relationships, and you're saying, man, I'm trying to smuggle it in. I'm trying to make it seem like I'm okay. It is so noticeable, and it's noticeable to the heart of God. And can I just encourage you right now, if you're saying, man, I've been trying to smuggle in my Hard heart into my relationships. I mean, trying to smuggle in this bitterness, this unforgiveness. Like, oh, I'll rock up to their things and I'll, I'll write a nice post on their Facebook. But I've just got unresolved tension in my heart towards this person. It is noticeable. And one of the things that I believe that Jesus does when we're trying to smuggle some things in is what happened to us. We actually weren't allowed into that movie. We weren't allowed into the space that we wanted to go. And some of us are saying, man, I, wanna, I want my relationships to evolve. Uh, I want a healthy relationship. Well, what I believe Jesus is saying this morning is drop the tension, drop the hard heart, drop it, or as you're not going to be allowed into the place that you want to go. A lot of us are talking that stuff, like it says in 1 Corinthians. We talk about it. We want a healthy relationship. We want to do all this stuff. But what if you're smuggling something in that doesn't actually belong in a healthy relationship? What Jesus wants to do is he wants you to go empty your pockets, empty that stuff, and soften your heart. And what God, got, and what God can do is he can actually soften your heart. So if you're here and you're saying, man, I've got, got a hard heart and I've been walking around with it, and it's awkward, it, it's, it's bitter, it, it's, I've got unforgiveness, it is noticeable. So the first, well, not my first thing, but a key to um, determine if you have a healthy relationship is do not hide a hard heart in your healthy relationship. Do not hide a hard heart in a healthy relationship. And then my first key, and my only key for a healthy relationship, how you can determine if you have a healthy relationship is you just cannot help but highlight your heart in a healthy relationship. And I'm going to explain what that means. I'm going to say that one more time for those that are taking notes. You cannot help but highlight your heart in a healthy relationship. In 1 Peter, it says a bunch of stuff like, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Uh, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insults. Um, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. It says all this incredible stuff on how we should live our lives with other people, encourage them, bless them. But then in Proverbs 12, 25, if we can have that up as well, this blew my socks off. Not literally. It says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. Highlighting your heart is equally as important as addressing issues. Highlighting someone's success, highlighting someone's uh, things that they're doing really well is actually as, as important as highlighting someone's issues. A lot of us can come to this message and go, yeah, I've got a lot of people I'd like to tell that they've hurt me. Yeah, I've got a lot of people that they've made some wrong decisions, but I, I really encourage you to do it in a gracious way. But with this one here, it's saying, there's a lot of people in my life that I just want to celebrate, that I want to champion, that I believe the best in, that I know that they can actually do it, that I want to support them, that they don't have a lot of backing, but I want to speak life. But I actually don't want their heart to be hard. I don't want it to be heavy, but I want to lift it up with a good word. I want to celebrate. I want to encourage. I want to lift up. And this morning, what I believe is when we highlight our heart to others, it actually generates health in our relationships with others. If I can have the band up here with me, um, who can you highlight your heart to this week? As much as we should address the hard stuff, it's also important to address the good stuff. 
to celebrate. One of the things that I, I did, and this is a, um, a personal thing that comes to this message, is I was, I was preparing what to say. And one night at youth, we, we had this big transition. A lot, a lot of stuff is happening. Two teams are coming together. Uh, I'm working with people that I haven't worked with before. And this one guy, this one young man was doing such an incredible job. I don't really, haven't had much to do with him in the past. And I went up to him, I'm like, hey, bro, you did such an amazing job. Thank you so much. What you give to this team is amazing. Thank you. And he's like looking at me like, like this. He's like, I thought you hated me. And I'm like, I don't hate you. Where'd you get that from? Um, and he's like, oh, I don't know. But then I left there. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I didn't show him anything that would mean that I would hate him, but I didn't do anything that would suggest otherwise. I didn't actually go out of my way to encourage, to support, to lift up. And I was thinking, I'm just like, man, there's, there's people in my life around me that I can encourage, that I can highlight my heart to. Why aren't I doing it? And one of the things that I was thinking about is I think a lot of good things about people, but man, I don't say them as much as I think them. What if you were to celebrate others as much as you celebrate others up here? What would happen? What would happen to the people around you? The other thing that I did is after that conversation, I went home and I'm like, oh man, I wonder how many other people think that I don't like them because of the amount uh, of highlighting my heart that I don't do. I want to highlight my heart more. I went home in, into my shed house where, where I live and, and I'm praying and I'm thinking, I'm like, God, what, what should I do? And what I felt is that I just need to encourage more. I need to highlight my heart for others more. So what I do is I, I wrote down this thing on my notes and I wrote, I want to encourage one person every day. And ever since I wrote that down, I've been, and I, I, do I do it all the time? No. But I want to make a decision that I just want to encourage one person every day. I just want to encourage, I want to highlight my heart to them every day. I want to lift them up. I don't want them to walk around with a heavy, burdened heart. I actually want to speak a good word that lightens their heart. And, and I'm writing this stuff down. I'm, I want to celebrate, um, I want to celebrate my leaders, the people that are above me. I want to celebrate my co-workers. I actually texted one of my co-workers, and this is a crazy story. He um, works with someone I work with. And the person that, uh, that I worked with was telling me how incredible this guy was. And I just messaged him, I'm like, hey, bro, you're doing an amazing job uh, at work. Thank you for everything that you do. And he messaged me and he's like, man, that's the first time anyone's actually called that out in my life. And it was just a text. And I'm just thinking, how much does that go to lighten someone's load? How much does it actually go to healing and to lightening up people's hearts? And I'm thinking, I'm like, I want to make a decision to, to encourage my incredible fiance. I want to make a decision to encourage my team, people around me, my friends. I want to lighten someone's heart. So maybe you're here and you, you want a challenge. And, and here's your challenge. It's who can you encourage this week? Who can you highlight your heart to? Because one of the best examples that we have is Jesus Christ who highlights his heart through us on the cross. That was the biggest demonstration of highlighting his heart, of highlighting anyone's heart ever. He demonstrated it. On the cross, for you, for me, He highlighted it. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants the best for us. And He showed it and He highlighted it. If we can all stand in this place, I've got a couple people I want to speak to. Here's my points again. A key indicator that you're in an unhealthy relationship with someone, a co-worker, a spouse or whatever, is you cannot hide a hard heart. You just cannot smuggle in a hard heart for a, for a healthy relationship. And then if you're here and you're saying, man, I want to highlight my heart more because I want to have healthy relationships and that's something that we can all do as well. But here's a couple of people I want to talk to. 
first group of people, my chips have fallen, is you might be here and you might be saying, man, I've got every right though to have a hard heart against so-and-so. You, Jake, you don't know what has happened to me. You've you got no idea what this person has said, what this person has done. They have ruined my life. Now, can I say, although I don't know everyone's situation, I do understand that there are people in here that have experienced trauma, that there have been some serious things going on. I'm not just saying that from a message like this, you go, all right, I'm forgiving them, and then you walk out. It's hard. It's, it's, a, it's a process, right? But then I was thinking about this. I was in school, and I was a rat bag. And I, I was seriously one of the worst people in my class. I just mucked up all the time. This one time, a paper plane threw into the back of my teacher's head. Hilarious. Um, and she just slammed her hand on the table and she blamed me straight away. I didn't do it, but she looked at me and she just assumed that it was me. I went to this thing called the reflection room and man, I was reflecting. All right. I was like, how dare she? But um, I was sitting in that room. I'm going, like, I don't actually deserve to be in here. And it, it, was, it annoyed me so much because I'm like, man, this is the one time that I wish I did that, but I didn't and I got in trouble for it. What I think is actually if, you, if you're here and you've got a hard heart towards somebody, it actually means that you're serving a sentence that doesn't belong to you. Having a hard heart means that you're serving a sentence that doesn't actually belong to you. And what I mean by this is you might be the one losing sleep. You might be the one with still bitterness. You might be the one that's not going out, that's not doing certain things because of this person. And you're actually the one that's being locked up. You're actually serving the sentence that doesn't belong to you. So if you have a hard heart here, and you're saying, man, I've got every right to. Yeah, you do. But you also have a right to be free. You've got a, you've got a right to live in the gracious uh, p- plans that God has for you. You've got, a, you've got an equal right to stay mad as to be free. And if you're here and you're saying, man, I don't want to smuggle in my hard heart anymore. No matter what's come against me, no matter the words, no matter the things, whatever's happened in my relationships in the past, I don't want it to lock me up. I don't want it to keep me restrained. I don't want it to keep me boxed up. I don't want to serve a sentence that doesn't belong to me. And you're saying in this place, you're just like, man, I've got some people in my life that I need to accept the grace of God in my life, the forgiveness of God in my life. And I want to let that go in Jesus' name. I don't want to walk around with a heavy, hard heart anymore. And if you're saying this morning, that's you, then what I want us to do is why don't we close your eyes all over this place. saying in this place, man, I got a hard heart to an ex. I've got a hard heart to a boss. I've got a hard heart to to a certain person that's been in my life. And you just want to accept the flowing grace of God in your situation right now. The forgiveness, the love, the acceptance of Jesus in your heart. If you're saying, hey, I've walked into this place heavy. I've walked into this place burdened. I've walked into this place heart. And you're saying, man, I want to get free in this place. I want to live after the free life of Jesus. I want freedom. I want light. I want peace. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hands up to heaven. One, two, three. You're saying all over this place, man, I want freedom. I don't want to live with this hard heart anymore. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. We're going to give this more time. If you're here, you want to lift your hand up to heaven. You're saying, I want to live free. I don't want to live burdened. I don't want to live restrained. Thank you, Lord. reaching out to heaven right now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray for you. Lord, I pray for every single person reaching out their hands to you. God, I pray for the freedom. I pray for the life-giving grace of Jesus Christ to flood their heart. Lord, I pray for any hard heart that's keeping them restrained, keeping them boxed up, keeping them locked away. Lord, I pray for freedom to reign in their life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
And the last group of people that I want to uh, talk to is if you're here and you're saying, man, I don't have a hard heart towards Jesus, but I've just got a distant heart towards Jesus. And, and you're saying, this is so countercultural, like, like the verse in Romans. This is countercultural to forgive people that have hurt me. It's countercultural to go out of my way to people that have done me wrong. It's countercultural to live in this way. And you're like, well, well, Jesus did it. Jesus did it on the cross. Jesus does it for me every single day. He's got grace for me. He's got every right to have a hard heart towards me, but He loves me. He's accepted me, and it's for you. And if you're here, and you've got a distant heart towards Jesus, with everyone's eyes closed one more time, all over this place, you're saying, man, I want to receive that grace for me. I want to receive that life for me. I want to receive that joy for me. I want to receive that freedom for me. And if you're in this place with no one looking around, then I'm going to count to three one more time. And what I would love you to do is pop your hand up if you want to receive Jesus in your life. If you want to say, God, I want to follow after you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. One, two, three. With no one looking around. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, see that? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, you can put your hand down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this person that has made the decision to reach out to you. Lord God, would you just fill her with peace and grace and acceptance right now? Thank you, Jesus, that you're the, that you're the Lord of all. And God, I just pray, would you reveal yourself to her in this moment of Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.